0: Welcome back to the Love Well podcast, and uh, it's been a couple weeks, it's been a couple of crazy weeks in our lives, and so uh, the podcast just did not get recorded, um, and uh, yeah, just been trying to, you know, get get everything else in real life done, but uh, hey, we are back, and they're i don't know there's probably we're what three weeks behind i guess uh in our um series here on on who is jesus uh seven part series on um his i am statements from the gospel of john and uh so we're gonna we're gonna dive in there and this uh this series also will kind of help with I, I think some of the beyond Sunday school stuff. We'll get back to Beyond Sunday school as I am able to set up a few more uh, interviews with some friends that I think will be really helpful and uh, and so uh, be watching be watching for the Beyond Sunday School uh, series to continue uh, here as well whether you're uh, watching this on Facebook live or you catch it on. Uh, the Love Well podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, those those will be will be coming back as well. Um, let's see. Uh, this uh, for most of the kids in Michigan, this is your first day of school, and uh, so you know, parents, if uh, you have got kids uh, off uh, off chasing a new school year, kudos to you. And uh, as things are continuing to kind of be strange just remember uh, don't judge don't judge this new school year um, by these first few days as everybody's getting ramped up with technology and trying to trying to figure out how to do school from home um, so uh, make sure that you're extending some grace all right and uh, and let's let's try to... Let's try to love well in the midst of, of the craziness. So uh, grab a cup of coffee if you want to, and we are going to spend some time looking at John chapter 8, verses 12 through 20. Now, um, we are... Uh, before we, we dive in, I uh, just want to remind you uh, to subscribe... Uh, to love well. You can do that over at danielmrose.com. That way, anything that I record or write uh, just gets dumped right into your inbox. And that's probably the easiest way to follow along. Um, and uh, you can also uh, connect with me on Twitter at Daniel M. Rose, and the archive of this uh, will be Uh, at youtube.com slash Daniel Rose. And that's another easy way, if you want to get notified uh, when I go live, that kind of thing, is just subscribe there and make sure you turn on notifications. Uh, That would be be pretty great. Uh, So uh, we are having these conversations uh, at our missional communities, and you can get details uh, for how to connect with the missional community with us uh, at x13.net slash events. Um, that kind of gives you the, the day and time, that kind of stuff. So I hope that hope that you'll connect in person uh, because as great as the video format is or whatever, uh, man, hanging out uh, in, in real life uh, is, is, is the way to go. We are uh, doing things kind of in a social distanced way, right? Like we're, we're trying to be smart, so our missional communities are gathering outside and that kind of thing. And uh, so I really, uh, really hope that that you won't be, um, you know, you won't be afraid uh, to to come out and be a part of, be a part of those those gatherings. So, uh, join us, right? Uh, we would we would really appreciate it. All right. So uh, this week, Sunday on a Monday, uh, we are back at it here uh, with the second I am statement. Uh, of of jesus in the gospel of john and that's found in john chapter 8 uh, verses 12 through 20 it goes like this Uh, when jesus spoke again to the people he said i am the light of the world whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life the pharisees challenged him here you are appearing as your own witness your testimony is not valid "'Jesus answered, "'Even if I testify on my own behalf, "'my testimony is valid, "'for I know where I came from and where I am going. "'But you have no idea where I come from "'or where I am going. "'You judge by human standards. "'I pass judgment on no one. "'But if I do judge, my decisions are true, "'because I am not alone. "'I stand with the Father who sent me. "'In your own law, it is written "'that the testimony of two witnesses is true. "'I am one who testifies for myself.' My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, Where is your Father? You do not know me or my Father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him, because his hour had not yet come. All right. so what do we do with this? Well, uh, the first thing we have to... We have to deal with a couple things, a couple things in the text, right? Um, we need to kind of understand uh, the context. We need to understand when Jesus was saying this, where Jesus was saying this, because it it really sheds some sheds some helpful light on on what it is that that Jesus was trying to talk about here, what he was trying to say. Um, the first thing I want you to notice is if if you happened to Open a Bible, um, or uh, maybe pull this up on your cell phone. Uh, you will you will see that the text right before this in uh, chapter eight, you know, kind of one through eleven, basically, uh, is probably either in brackets or in italics, that kind of thing. And that's that's because uh, the story, probably, arguably one of the most famous stories we have in in the entire New Testament is the story of, of the woman caught in adultery and the uh, religious leaders and men bring her to Jesus. Now, in our earliest manuscripts, uh, that story doesn't, doesn't show up, right? So we don't, we don't see that story um, in the earliest remaining manuscripts that we have for the Gospel of John. And so that has really called into question uh, whether or not it was original. Now, it's become such an important text, it's become so helpful that uh, the decision has been made uh, to leave uh, the story in. And uh, you know, even in the NIV, right? it gives some, gives some notes here. It says the earliest manuscripts and many other ancient witnesses do not have John seven fifty three through811. A few manuscripts include these verses wholly or in part after John 736. John 21 25, Luke 21, 38, or Luke 25, uh, 24, 53. So So this story um, about the, the woman caught in adultery uh, has been left in our Bibles because it's it's important um, and and it's one of those one of those bits of text that we kind of think, you know, if it wasn't in the original um, it it was added really early, and it's and it's and it's very important. Um, and it was important enough that uh, that writers were, were sneaking it in, or putting it in, uh, in in various other manuscripts. So uh, just just wanted you to be aware of that. Uh, but the bigger the bigger context here is when Jesus stands up in in verse twelve uh, to speak to the people and, and declare that he is the light of the world. He is doing so uh, in Jerusalem at the temple during uh, what's what was commonly known, commonly called at the time, the Festival of Lights. Uh, this was the Feast of Tabernacles, and um, and this this feast, this festival of Tabernacles, uh, was one that was instituted back in Leviticus twenty-three verses forty-two and following, and. Um, and you can read about it there, you can go check it out. Uh, but it was, an it was an important festival because it was this reminder of, um, of God's provision, of how, he, of how He cared for the people through His presence, right? Um, because if you remember when, when, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, when they left Egypt and, and, and were freed from slavery uh, by Moses... They wandered the wilderness for a generation. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And while they were wandering, um, they, had, they were led through the wilderness by God's presence uh, through a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And so uh, this, this festival of tabernacles was to remind the people of Israel of how God provided for them, how God cared for them, uh, through that time of wandering in the wilderness, and primarily, how he did it through his ongoing presence in the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. And so, um, and so, what they would do is they would uh, they would gather in Jerusalem, uh, and they would gather around the temple, and they would all uh, live in tabernacles or tents uh, for for a week. And now these were not just like. Um, you know, simple little tents. Now, these guys, uh, this, was a, this was a festival. And so it was, it was a party scene, man. They, and one of the ways that uh, the people kicked it up a notch, so to speak, is they decorated, they decorated their, their tabernacles uh, with tons of lights. And so at night during the festival of tabernacles, uh, the entire Temple Mount would just be ablaze uh, with with light and candles and uh, and fires. and it just was it was a beautiful scene to behold. And so it kind of got this um, popular vernacular, so to speak, of um, of being the festival of lights. Now, in today's world, uh, the festival of lights is is, is Hanukkah, right? Um, but back then, uh, the Feast of the Tabernacles was, was kind of known as the Festival of Lights because of the way that the Temple Mount looked with all of these tents just absolutely lit up. And it was, it was just this remarkable, uh, remarkable time each year. And so they would, they would gather for this festival and, and celebrate the presence of God in the Pillar of Fire and the Pillar of cloud and uh and so so that's that's the context right and who was the light the light at night was the pillar of fire the very presence of god in their midst and so when jesus stands up and declares i am the light of the world what he is declaring here is that he is the very presence of god in their midst he is the very presence of the divine this this was quite a statement right for him for him to stand up and say i am the light of the world i am the pillar of fire i am god in your midst the divine has moved into the neighborhood this this is what he's saying so if you're if you're with me if you're hanging out with me if you are in my presence you are with God. We can't look be, we can't look past at the uh, the ramifications, the dramatic ramifications of Jesus's statement here. to say that he is the light of the world is to say that he is God. But here's the thing. He goes one step further, right? Um, you have to remember that uh, that the Pharisees in particular, in uh, the Jewish people in general, back in the first century, had this very, very clear um, self-understanding as being the chosen people of God. Uh, they had a very clear sense of their election, right? And we, and we see that we see, and rightfully so, we see that back in in the Old Testament, um, where where you know the Bible says that you know God chose the people of Israel from among all of the other nations. And he didn't choose them because they were the biggest and the strongest, but he chose them because they were the smallest, and he would he would, be glorified through them, right? And so in a very real sense, uh, what happened is, over time, as as the people of Israel were more and more oppressed, as the people of Israel uh, were more and more oppressed, uh, persecuted and as their land was continued to be plunged into uh, into warfare and continually fought over because it's just such an important crossroads in the Middle East they they began to see God um, as kind of their God their own God that God uh, would would fight on their behalf that God was against all of the other nations. And in particular, in the first century, that God was against Rome, that God was against the enemies of Israel. This is um, something that we just, we can't look past at how important uh, this kind of self-understanding of their election was. And then so for Jesus to say, I am the presence of the divine. I am the light of the world when he expands this out to the world he is he is blowing some categories here he is making he is making a bigger statement than i think we realize because you know in american christendom we of course think uh, our, our natural preset is that christianity is a global religion that christianity is you know the true faith that Everyone needs to believe, and all these things. Th- this is kind of our. This is kind of our default position, um, and so for us, we we have a hard time thinking back to the idea of God being against people, of God being against our enemies. Or is it? And I think maybe that's the challenging thing here for us, right? For Jesus to stand up and say, "I am the light of the world. I I am, I am the divine presence for the world." He is. He's. He's saying that he is God and he is for the world. He is for everyone. Kind of goes back to the whole like Joshua and Moses thing, right? Um, You know, where where Joshua, uh, you know, sees sees the angel of the Lord and says, "Are you for us? Are you for your for enemies?" And, And the angel of the Lord says, "I'm." I'm for neither. I'm for God, right? This is, this, is, this is what God is up to in the world. God is reconciling the whole of the world to himself. And so Jesus says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, the light of the world, Jesus being the light of the world, Jesus being the divine presence for the world, means that we can't set our we can't set our hearts, we can't set our minds, we can't set ourselves against anyone. And this ties right back to so many things that we have consistently talked about in this podcast is the idea that the central idea that to follow Jesus is to love your neighbor as yourself and to love your enemy right this is this is practically what it looks like to follow jesus so when we follow him we are following him into the light as the one who is the divine presence for the world as the one who who shows the entire world it's a universalized statement here of who god is that god ultimately is found in the person of Jesus and so when we when we walk through that and we begin to, to try to grasp that it challenges us in some really deep ways because we can't we can't be in this position where we're in where we're us against them kind of setup and too much of too much of the Christian faith is us against them too much of the Christian faith has has fallen into some sort of um, tribalism where where we think that we're good and those people are bad whoever those people might be and whoever we might be and then we try to baptize it uh, in into religion right we saw we've seen that over the last two weeks um, in the in the political conventions both both conventions have, uh, tried to baptize their platform in, in religious faith, and, and 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 neither is true. Neither of them are the light of the world, and yet so many of us, we we go right into it, and we we identify more clearly with a donkey or with an elephant than we do with the light of the world. Because when we when we identify with the light of the world, when we choose to not walk in darkness. What happens is. We come to a place where we are extending grace and mercy and love, even to those people who we most vehemently disagree with. Because there's something bigger, there's something more that we want to point people to. It's not about being right. It's not about winning arguments. It is about following the light of the world where there is no darkness. It is about being in pursuit of, of, of the divine presence out into the world and being, being people of the light. This, when we, as we process this, as we wrestle through this, um, it's, it's really hard because so often we think we know what God is about. We think, we think we know, and, and too often we run what we think we know through a filter that, is, that, is, that makes us comfortable, right? Um, look here at, at verse 15. Uh, Jesus has just been challenged by the Pharisees, um, you know, and, they're, and they're challenging from the law. They're challenging from the rules of the Bible about, um, about witness and identity and that kind of thing. Uh, because in the in the, the Bible says you know in in the court um, the Jewish people needed to have two witnesses and uh to prove something to be true and the Pharisees are saying, hey dude you know Jesus you' only got one and uh and so Jesus is kind of pushing back on this um and he does it this way he says even if I testify on my own behalf my testimony is valid for I know where I came from and where I am going all right so doing a little bit of research um you know, we read past that. I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. Apparently, uh, this idea uh, back in the first century was, um, was kind of one of those things where, where this was ascribed to God. This was kind of a divine thing um, that human beings can't know where they came from and human beings don't know where they're going. In other words, we don't remember eternity past, and we don't know eternity future. So we don't know where we came from. We don't know where we're going. This this is kind of what uh, the philosophers, uh, the religious philosophers, were, were kind of arguing uh, back in the first century. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, you think about your own story. I mean, when's your first memory? Um, a couple Sundays ago at Missional Community, we were talking about this, and I asked that question. You know, when, when is when was your first memory? And most people were like, I don't know, eight, seven. Someone's like four, but but really, I mean, you just don't you don't remember much uh, before maybe six, seven, eight years old. We don't know where we come from, and we don't know where we're going, because we are limited by the finite. We are limited by uh, our humanity, and so what we have happening here is Jesus saying yeah, I do know where I come from. I do know where I'm going. I am fully aware of eternity past. I am fully aware of eternity future. I know where I'm going. This again is a statement, a claim of divinity. But it doesn't stop there. And this, I think, gets to the heart of, maybe the heart of this issue that we have in this dialogue uh, in 12 through 20. Jesus says, you judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. Now, this phrase human standards here uh, in, the, in the original language is, is flesh. I, you know, he says, you judge by the flesh. Now, uh, I think the NIV gets it right with this nuance of human standards. In other words, what Jesus is saying here is, hey, you religious leader guys, you guys judge by what you see. You judge by the moment. You judge by human standards. You judge by the flesh. I don't judge people that way. I don't make judgments that way, he says. I judge no one. I judge no flesh. I judge by not not by human standards is what Jesus is getting at here. I mean, obviously, you know and I know I need and I, and even though I say obviously, still need to make sure that, that we articulate this. Jesus is not saying that he doesn't uh, engage in uh, trying to identify, uh, or or pass moral judgment, right? He's not saying there's no rights, there's no wrongs. He's not saying that we should just uh, you know ignore everything that is going on in the world. That is not at all what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is however, talking about judging the book by its cover, so to speak. He's talking about judging people by the flesh. He is judging he's talking about judging people by human standards. And think about this: how, you know, how many times in your life have you made judgments about somebody or some situation without having the full picture, without knowing all the details, right? Um, you know, I think about—I <laughs> just think about my relationship with one of my closest friends, uh, Vince. Who, uh, man, my freshman year in high school. I was scared to death of this guy. I'd see him standing in our high school in this area called the T and he just looked angry and we had a uh, chemistry class together. And, um, I mean, he just, he scared the, he scared the daylights. Out. I mean, I just, I thought he hated me and I think he kind of did because I was always getting up and moving around and going and sharpening pencils and that kind of thing because I would get super bored. Um, and then I have to walk past him. But, uh, but then something changed one summer day when he and I, uh, you know, got to know each other. We spent some significant time together, and, uh, and we realized there was more to one another uh, than the angry face uh, or the guy who obnoxiously stands up and sits down and goes and sharpens his pencil four times, five times a class period. And, uh, and so as we got to know each other beyond the surface man it was it's a friendship that's lasted um, you know it's a friendship that's lasted 30 years because we moved past the surface, we moved beyond it. we stopped judging by just the moment, by the outside, by the human standards. And so when we when we are intentionally trying to not judge by human standards, when we are intentionally trying to not judge by the flesh, by the outside, by the moment, we try to go deeper. We try to go beyond. We try to, we try to look past the surface. Then what happens is we begin to see something different. We begin to see the heart. We begin to see uh, the motivations. We begin to see the context for someone's story. And what Jesus is saying here is, I know all that already. So I don't judge by the flesh. I don't judge by the moment. I judge in light of eternity. I judge from the big picture. And, and so as we pursue Him in the light, right, as we pursue Him in the light, what happens is we start setting aside all of these humanly standards of judgment and we begin, we begin to be more gracious. We begin to be more kind. We begin to be more loving because we realize there's more to the story. I think that's why we're so fascinated with, uh, or at least you know, when I was growing up, my, my, my Mimi always had on, uh, WJR in the car, and, um, you know, one of the, one of the things, one of the guys on on WJR, one of these little snippets that always come over the radio, uh, was the rest of the story by Paul Harvey, and uh, and it was so fascinating, right? There's always this hook. There was always this thing you thought you knew, this thing that you, the story you thought you understood. And then Paul Harvey would, would tell you something you didn't. It would always end with, and now you know the rest of the story, right? In, that, in his voice, the only way he could say it. Um, and, uh, and so now I'm fascinated with um, the way I heard it uh, by Mike Rowe, where he does the same thing. He tells you uh, some stories that you, you sort of know uh, but the way he tells them, he he tells them with this hook, and you go, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea. And we love that. We love that rest of the story kind of thing. And I think that's I think that's something in us, right? Something in us that we are drawn to that. We're drawn to the reality that there is so much more that all we see is the tip of the iceberg. and And so when we start following the light, when we start pursuing the light of the world, when we start following Jesus, we begin to realize that we don't know the whole story. We don't have the full picture. We don't have the divine perspective. And so we we follow him. And as we follow him, we become more humble because we realize that we can't judge by human standards anymore. We can't judge by just this moment. We can't judge by the flesh, by the outside appearance. We have to go deeper. And we realize that each person has their own story. And each person demands us to go deeper. To go deeper. And when we do, we become kinder and gentler and more loving. And we end up not walking in darkness anymore, but we walk in light. And what the light does is it changes our posture, from people who are against things, to people who are for others, and that is that is a significant change in posture, because we begin to realize that we don't know the whole story, we don't have uh, the the whole picture, and all of a sudden the light, we realize the light is more brilliant. Than we could ever possibly imagine. Because all of our preconceived notions get blown completely out of the water. And people, people, divine image bearers become so much more interesting. And they become folks that whose stories we want to hear, stories we want to know. And that happens as as we follow, as we follow the light. The one who was the divine presence in our midst. The one who moved into the neighborhood. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So, my challenge for you this week um, is pretty simple, I guess. I want you to kind of wrestle through. Do you think you're following the light of the world? And the way that we can judge that is how we judge. Do you find yourself judging people by human standards? Do you find yourself judging people in the moment by the flesh? Or or are you intentionally trying to go deeper? Are you intentionally trying to get to know what is below the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg, so to speak? How are you doing at growing in grace, truth, kindness, and love? That's how we can kind of check and do a little bit of work. So, uh, yeah. So Jesus is the light of the world. That's part two. Uh, I'll be back uh, next week with a part three. Uh, I am the gate. That sounds weird. So let's uh, let's dive into that next time. Uh, But just want to uh, remind you again, uh, subscribe uh, to LoveWell, danielmrose.com. It'll drop right into your inbox. Uh, You can also uh, subscribe to the audio version of this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, I would really appreciate it if you would rate uh, and comment on the podcast uh, wherever you listen to them. Because what it does is that services this uh, to the top of people's searches because, uh, you know, they... Folks think some other people might like it. And, uh, and that will help other people find the podcast. That would mean a lot to me. Uh, or just share this uh, via your social media. And remember, you can always uh, continue the conversation with me on Twitter, at Daniel M. Rose. And uh, the archive of this message will be found at youtube.com slash Daniel Rose. Uh, guys, thanks for being with me. And until next week, love well, my friends.